Greetings and welcome to Visibility with your host, Dr. Donna Maria Culbreth. You may call us to share your thoughts, pose a question, or to give a general comment by dialing area code 323-642-1562. And now, Dr. Culbreth. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Visibility. I'm your host, Dr. Donna Maria Culbris, and we're coming to you live today, which is Thursday, February 15th, 2018. Welcome. I hope everyone had a great Valentine's Day. Hope you enjoyed your day. Um, Tonight, we have a really exciting show and an awesome guest. We're going to be focusing in on love, intimacy, sexuality, and the black woman. This is part one. So let me give you a little description of what the show is going to be about. If you have any questions that you would like to ask during the show, free, feel free to dial our listener line, which is area code 323-642-1562. So, gang, here's our great description. This show is going to focus in on black women in love and loving. We're going to be looking at platonic and romantic relationships, intimacy, and sexuality. Topics will include, and they're not limited to, loving and nurturing relationships, choices, soulmates, friends with benefits, intimacy, sex, compassion, stereotypes, voices, uh, loving with great passion, Emotions, satisfaction, gratification, expressing needs, wants, and desires, etc., etc., etc. So sit back, put in your seatbelts. Um, again, remember if you have questions, comments, or you would just like to share, please feel free to dial us at the 323 642 1562 line. That's the listener line. Okay, so here we go. First, gang, let me introduce our guest. Our guest tonight is Dr. Kat Smith. She's an intimacy expert. As a doctor of human sexuality and heaven prevent sexologist, Dr. Kat is a certified lovologist and certified by the American College of Sexologists. It is Dr. Kat's desire to inspire others to embrace. And here's the, what's so awesome about Dr. Kat. She wants you to embrace what love and intimacy actually has to offer. She's a speaker a former co-host of a four-year syndicated morning radio show at ABC Radio Networks, Inc. She's an engaging expert, dynamic speaker, and she's also appeared on Good Morning America, Huffington Post Live, HuffPost Live, Good Morning Texas, Daybreak, Fox 4, and CW33. She created Intimate Foreplay, which is a romantic card game, which is, I think is just so awesome. For couples, along with other romantic products, books, and programs, including 69 tips to enrich intimacy, romantic retreats in Texas, among others. As a speaker, Dr. Katz's topics concentrate on intimacy and, again, enrichment and love and life enhancement, with messages that speak to the hearts and minds of those seeking to understand their internal dialogue and external communication, she helps clients to learn to reparent themselves, rejuvenate, 
and repurposed their lives. Dr. Cat has authored several books and created programs, games, and as I noted earlier, products. And when she's not doing what she loves, you can find her enjoying traveling, cooking, dancing, and being the occasional karaoke star. In addition, I wanted to share with you that Dr. Cat has also authored, um, let me give you the names of her books, The ABCs of Intimacy, I'm Tall, You're Not, Love the Fisher Cycle, and Seeds for Mama's Garden. And she's also the founder of the School of Intimate Knowledge. Listeners, welcome. Join me in welcoming our guest, Dr. Kat Smith. Good evening, Dr. Kat. How are you? Hi, Donna. How are you today? Good, good. I'm so glad. I'm excited to have you as a guest. Um, this topic is definitely one that I found out a lot of women, black women especially, have been having these conversations. You know, I've read several articles, uh, basically not articles. They are dissertations and research projects focusing in on intimacy, sexuality, and love. But it seems like there was a lapse in the literature there when we talked about intimacy. So listeners, tonight, this is what our main focus is really going to be on. So let's get started. So Dr. Cat, tell me, how did you become interested in being uh, becoming an intimacy expert? Well, I am a survivor of molestation and rape, and so I've always felt that because I came out of my experiences with a, a voice to communicate and articulate how someone feels to be violated and betrayed in such mm-hmm. a way that I should use that to help other women. So that was my main impetus, impetus for um, getting into this uh, industry. But then as I got into it and I noticed that, you know, a lot of people love to talk about sex, but they don't want to mm-hmm. do anything to improve how they relate to one another. And so I realized that um, people were confused about what intimacy and sex is. And so I just thought, well, you know, I've got to take the first step and re-educate people on the difference between intimacy and sex. Yes, that is so true. So when we speak about intimacy... For our listeners, what is intimacy? How do, how do we define it? Okay, so my definition of intimacy is it's the foundation for which we build our relationship on. And there are different kinds of intimacy. Now, the types of intimacy, and all of them have the same components, uh, so to speak, but there's cognitive or intellectual intimacy. And that's where two people have a mental connection and can exchange and compare thoughts and different ideas and have uh, similarities between their opinions. Okay, so they have that cognitive intellectual connection. And then there's experiential intimacy. And that's where the connection is through experiencing activities with each other, such as hiking or cooking or travel, etc. There's emotional intimacy. Now, the best uh, example that I can give with this is online dating. Before you have a face-to-face, you make a connection with someone over the Internet. Okay? And then, of course, there's a sexual intimacy, and that's the sensual, erotic, and sexual connection between two people. And this is the type of intimacy that most people relate to, but the emotional or affection compound you know, usually frustrate frustrate them because uh, sexual intimacy can just be sexual. Mm-hmm. That is 
system. Let me ask you this. In your years and your experience, are more people inclined to, and as you noted earlier, mainly focusing on the sexual intimacy out of, the, out of all four areas, cognitive, the experience, emotional, and sexual, which one would you say is the one that people least focus in on in relationships? I would say more cognitive. And I say that because we can get into a relationship, we can talk ourselves into a relationship when there's a physical attraction, um, when there is an emotional connection, mm-hmm. and if the is really good. But then we, you know, we can roll over the next morning and we go, oh, what's your name again? <laughs> you know, it's like we can we can get so lost in all that other stuff, and then when they say that love is blind, we don't we don't see the things that will eventually cause a problem in the relationship. So I would say the cognitive or intellectual intimacy is the one that is neglected most. Uh, okay, let me ask you: Are there ever any, let's say, for example, a man and a woman involved in a relationship, or a woman and woman, however, and they're really great with the experience, um, you know, doing things together, the activities, the emotional and the sexual, but the cognitive is so severely lacking. Can that really harm the relationship? Yeah, I think because, you know, you want someone that you can share ideas with. It's kind mm-hmm. of like when you look at the older man and the younger girl, and she's right. like, <laughs> you know, there's no uh, mental connection there's mm-hmm. such a gap in um, their intellect that they can't really have a conversation. So they, you know, end up living basically separate lives. That's true. Yeah, that is true. You're right. You've seen that. Not only that, but in movies. I remember when we were younger, um, my grandmother used to always say to my sister and I, um, marry someone you, have a, you can talk to, you have a good communication with. Because when you get older... And your body, you know, changes and you slow down, the most valuable thing you can have, the most rewarding, would be to be able to talk to them, to communicate um, back and forth. That will keep you going. And, you know, yeah. when you're younger, you, we would laugh at stuff like that, like, oh, please. But, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you make a valid point. You really do. Well, so, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's funny that you would bring that up because I was thinking today, it's like, you know, I, I was uh, visiting a college in uh, uh, Manhattan and... Um, I was kind of watching the interaction of the students. And, you know, our sexuality is a very strong energy. So, I mean, I totally understand, you know, young uh, people want to appear, you know, sexually attractive to each other. And uh, so I was watching all of this, and, you know, they, you know, the youth, and we did it too. We did it as young people, that we believe that the older generation don't know what they're talking about. They, oh, they have yes. no clue what, ha- what happened back in our youth does not apply <laughs> to them. And they think their sex is so much different than the sex that happened before. And, you know, sex isn't that different <laughs> over the years. It's just that we have, it's just like fashion. It just kind of comes around again. You know, those bell bottoms that, you know, your parents wore back in the, oh, you yes. know, 60s. <laughs> okay, they came back around several times. So the pencil skirts, the, the the long maxi dresses, I mean, all of those things just came back around again. But the youth tend to think that, you know, oh, that's all outdated and everything. And, you know, they let their guards down. And instead of taking a little bit of the wisdom from our experiences, 
they go out there and they make the same mistakes that uh, a lot of us made. That's right. You know, that, you're right, you make an excellent point, because when I was teaching at a college in Washington, D.C., I remember sometimes we'd have lunch with some of the students, and, you know, you just listen to their, the conversation and the dialogue. And, you know, and if you threw your two cents in, it's like, ah, oh, Dr. C, you're old, get out of here. You don't know this yeah. stuff. And, yeah. and I used to sit and I used to say to myself, my goodness, if they only knew, um, or they had a little whispered conversation that you could overhear, or if they went out for a cigarette break. And I would stand there and I would smile and I would say to myself, my goodness, if you only knew, um, when we try and share or just guide you in a certain direction, not that we're trying to force you to think or act the way we did, we do now, but like I used to tell them, if we can help you avoid making the mistakes that we made, then why not sit down and open your ears and listen? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But they consider us like one of my students at one time, uh, Dr. C, you know, you guys, you, know, you guys are ready to go out to pasture. And I'm like, no, we'll never be ready to go there. It's too much energy <laughs> in life. So, but that's good. So in your book, let me ask you this. You talked about um, sex and intimacy earlier. But for our listeners, is there really a big difference in sex and intimacy? Yes, there is. Sex, my, my, go ahead. No, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, it, my definition of sex is the physical interaction that we have with someone that we feel passion, desire, lust, Love or um, it's an attraction too. Right. It's a physical act. Intimacy, as I describe in my book, the ABCs of intimacy, is trust, nurturing, care, respect. It's uh, affection. It's communication. It's so. It's nurturing and supportive. It's it's all of these wonderful things from A to Z. And yes, sex is a component of intimacy. But I always mm-hmm. tell. As the intercourse lasts on average about seven minutes, what are you doing with the rest of your time to really connect with that person so that you feel that they they got you, they know you, and you, you know that they understand you so clearly and you understand them so clearly? That's what a lot of people are looking for. They call it love. They call it, what, uh, you know, you know, soulmates or whatever. But that's what we all want. We want that deep, intimate connection with someone. That's right. That's an interesting point. So let me ask you, let's say, for example, when we talk about sexuality and intimacy, is there a difference there as well? This Again, for our listeners. Yeah, you know, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, we were intimate. But intimacy can be, okay, so are you in a, uh, an intimate conversation? So are you talking uh, about intimate concerns or your conversation is a very intimate uh, uh, dialogue? Or are you standing in a proximity that's very close and intimate? Uh, it, that, that's intimacy. Sex is sex. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. it, and and it's it's what it is, and and so people have to quit interchanging those two terms to make it mean sex. Because women and men, we 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 process the term intimacy differently. Okay, for instance, men operate on facts. They uh, 
they look at individual accomplishment. They're very competitive, um, and they want to compete. They, they, you know, they want to go in and conquer. Okay, and women, we operate on emotions. Mm-hmm. We are community accomplishment driven. And, you know, it's kind of like the, the thing with the guy who does the caveman and defense of the caveman. He says, you know, men are, are hunters and women are gatherers. <laughs> you know? And women want to bond. That's why you see little girls all cluster together and they can hold hands and they can, you know, they, you know, pr- you know talk um, real, they're protective over each other. And boys are more, you know, they give each other noogies, and they're just rustle and tussle, and, and um, they're always very physical. And another right. thing you can always notice is when you're having a conversation with, with a man, and you say, hey, you know, we need to talk. He'll say, what did I do? <laughs> <They say, laughs> That's true. <laughs> not, no, not what did I say. He's, mm. you know, well, what's wrong? What's wrong? You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, they're very physical. They, they want to fix the problem, and we just want you know, someone to be um, emotionally connected with us. <laughs> well, let me, you're excellent because let me ask you this. What happens when a woman's trying to get that connection? Let's say she wants intimacy in a relationship and her, her mate is just so far removed. He has no time, no interest um, in anything intimate. His response is, I pay the bills, I go to work, I come home, I'm here. You know, we make love, go away. What happens in relationships when, you know, it could be either the man or the woman, but one partner is so desperately needing that intimacy that they're not getting from their, their significant other, their part, partner, spouse, husband. What happens? Well, you know, that's, that's a very good question. First of all, you, you have to be able to communicate your needs in a way that you don't make the other person feel inadequate, wrong, or um, in any way make them feel like they have not been doing what they need to do. You have to approach them in a in a constructive way, and and make it fun. Make it say, you know what, we're kind of we're not old people. We need to spice up our love life, or we need to to spend more time together, quality time, even if it's just all hugged up on the sofa. You can watch your sports and I can sit here and read my tablet or whatever. At least we're together and we're sharing some quality time. So approach them in the way that you are explaining that I need more affection. And I say affection is a daily thing. You should never pass each other without a little tap on the butt, a little squeeze, a little kiss, a little, you know, something to let that person know, hey, I still think you are, you know, sexy. I just still, you know, I have it for you. I still love you. I appreciate you. And let them know these things. A lot of times we don't share those little messages. You know, we, we have, I tell my couples, no, run by kissing. You know, it's like, don't go, <laughs> okay, see you later. <laughs> and then you go, Hurry out into the traffic and into your day. You know, most people hate their jobs, so they go and they get all this stress, and everybody is emotionally, mentally, and physically exhausted. So then they come home, and then there's no affection. There's no communication. There's just, you know, look, I just want a minute. Can I just sit here? But no, it doesn't mm-hmm. stop, right? You got the kids. You got the household. You got dinner. You got, you know? So it's it's a thing that you have to Make sure that your relationship is 
in the mix of what is important. Yes, you need to make a, make a living. Yes, you need to take care of the kids. You know, kids have to eat every day. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you got right. to feed them. So it's, we have responsibilities, but we also are responsible for each other and for our hearts yeah. and for how we, we express the love and care and the nurturing of our relationship. Uh, interesting. Let me ask you. In relationships where there is no intimacy, does that open the door to lead for the possibility of, ex, you know, affairs, cheating? Yes, because it does. Not getting- if, if, yeah, if it's if one person is needing some emotional, physical attention, yes, and and someone just comes along and and sees that they are like really in need, they yeah, they might you know tr- go go for it, you know, but it's. It doesn't have to go to that. It doesn't have to get to that. We can communicate how we feel. I don't know what it is about, you know, once we get into relationships. I don't know if people just say, oh, we've we've gotten old and boring. We don't want to do it. I mean, before you, when you first got together, you couldn't get enough of each other. I mean, you you know, it's like always touching and kissing and, you know, sitting close together. And then all of a sudden you you get married or you you move in together. And then all of that excitement is just kind of going, oh, well, I got her. I got him, so I don't have to try. (laughs) Like, what? It's like, it's not that you're trying. It's you're showing, you're expressing your love and your care and your, you know, your affection for that person. And and you should do that every day. I remember um, when we were growing, I was growing up, my mom stayed beautiful 24-7. I mean, we would wake up in the morning, and my sister and I used to laugh, and be like, she'd take a pill to make her look that good. And she was always beautiful, her hair, nails, skin. And she was always dressed, even in the house. And I used to always say, why are you always in clothes? So I want some bummy, like a bummy, a bummy T-shirt, some sweats or some jeans. But my mom was beautiful every day, and I remember one time my dad said, no, my grandmother used to walk around the ha- her house with, remember the house coats they used to wear that would snap uh-huh. in the middle? Uh-huh. And she'd have like four, <laughs> four of the pink hard rollers in the top of her head. And I remember one day my dad came home from work, and I said, well, I'm going to do what grandmommy does. So I had on a house coat, I'll never forget, this was a purple and white house coat. It was so ugly. And I had, like, rollers all in my hair. And my dad flipped. And he, he clearly stated, look at your mother. Your mother's a beautiful woman. Every day, whether she feels good or not, your mother's beautiful. She goes to work. She comes home. She's beautiful until, you know, even when she goes to sleep. And his point was, you don't walk around looking like that. Fix yourself up. Take pride in your appearance. And... Growing up, we saw, like, this bond, this intimacy with our parents um, on so many levels. Until when you, like, when you talked about the cognitive, the experience, the emotional. I can't speak of the sexual part because we want, you know, that was mom and dad. But, you know, we saw it. So we grew up in a home where you could see them play, playing with each other in the kitchen. Um, they were involved in a lot of activities. They were involved in a lot of activities together. But the point was, um, I remember my mom saying later on after my dad had passed away, she said, it's one thing, your father and I had such a great relationship because he admired the fact that I took good care of myself, that I looked beautiful, 
And what she was basically saying throughout all of this was that they had that, that bond there, that intimacy was there with them on so many dimensions. And, yeah, I, just, and I think that's... I, I think, and that's a beautiful story. That's a beautiful mm-hmm. story because, you know, people think that, oh, well, I, I ain't doing all of that for him. I, mm-hmm. I ain't got time for all of that. Like, excuse me, you don't have time to kick, take care of yourself, to invest right. in how you present yourself to the world, to say, um, you know what, I love myself, and I'm going to show it by how I present myself to the world. I'm going to take time, and I'm going to do my hair. And, I mean, you don't have to be in church clothes every day, but you can exactly. present yourself in a way that people see that, you know what, this woman takes pride in her appearance, in herself, and she invests some time into how she looks and how people perceive her. And and that's what it's all about. You know, I don't know what it is about a lot of women who are saying, you know, I want a man, but I don't need a man. And, you know, and that's fine. Financially, mm-hmm. you may not need a man. You know, right. or to buy a house or you to make a living or for you to to be your independent self, you may not need a man. But you know what? You need a man in other ways. There's a balance of all things in life. And, you know, uh, a heterosexual man is attracted to his opposite. He wants the softness, the the curvature, the the, um, nurturing, and everything that a woman is that's different from him. And I always say that men want uh, mom with benefits, to tell you the truth, because his first introduction in is his mother. Wasn't she loving and nurturing and caring and supportive? And, and she made him feel like nothing could, would get in the way of her caring for him. Men want that same thing, but they want the sex as well. And That's I'm not right. saying you've got to be the traditional woman standing at the stove every day. You develop your relationship understanding that men have four basic needs. To be pleased, basically sex pampered, to be praised, and to have a happy home. Those are mm-hmm. their basic four needs. And if you give him those things, he doesn't have any reason to go anywhere else because That's he's true. going to be happy getting everything. And then you, what you do is you use that to teach him how to give you what you want. Mm-hmm. So you got to be strategic point. about it. You can't, you know, because a man is not going to come in one day and say, oh, baby, do you need some affection today? What do you need? Do you need, <laughs> you know, you, I appreciate you. He's not going to mm-hmm. do that because men, you know, emotions with men, they, most of the time they don't even compute. You know, when, we, when we're crying and we get all emotional, they want to say we're crazy. That's mm-hmm. because emotions do not compute. You know, they're watching all this, and it goes, that does not compute, that does not compute, because it's, it's <laughs> totally foreign and strange to them. Why would someone lose control of themselves that way? Because they have been taught their entire life that you don't show your emotions. You suck it up. Boys, don't cry. Go out and sow your wild oats. Thing. So we got to understand that we we all want that deep, intimate connection, and men do cry, and men want that safe environment to show their emotions so you can't, you know, beat them down verbally. You can't make them feel inadequate. you got to, because a man is very fragile. Their ego is very fragile. And if they feel that you are going to make them feel broken or weak, 
you know, are less of a man, then why would they want to be around you? True. That's a good point. Very good point. So let's look at this. And when you, that's excellent point. So let me ask you this then. In the book, The ABCs of Intimacy, by the way, thank you. I love I loved the book. Um, oh, you're welcome. Wonderful. You notice there are three major challenges between men and women and how they view intimacy. And we touched on this earlier. But let me ask you, what are those challenges specifically? And why do those challenges actually exist? Well, okay, again, because men and women, we process things differently. Okay, so men, they seek a deep physical connection. Okay, women want a deep emotional connection. Men go for the foreplay. Women want closeness of the heart and the soul. Men want, you know, they're they okay with holding hands and hugging and kissing, but women want a sensitivity to know immediately when feelings are hurt. They want that, that, that intuition that, you know, we're connected. You know, you know how some people can finish each other's sentences? Women want yes. that. Okay? Men, under, you know, they're good with understanding each other's physical needs. But women want to understand each other's dreams and their goals. Think back. Mom always wanted, baby, what do you want to be? You know, you know. how can I help you? I'm going to help you achieve your goals. You can be anything you want to be, baby. You know, going back to how they were nurtured, okay? Men, want the abil- they have the ability to communicate their physical needs. But women have the ability to cry easily and together at emotional moments. We can show our emotions easily. And lastly, men, they take physical time alone together as of high importance. And women, daily time sharing and hearing the heart, hearing, you know, what's deep in the heart of the one they love is, is really more important to them. You know, yeah, you've ever you've seen the situation where, you know, the the couple gets home and she goes, Oh, how was your day? Oh, sorry. Same old stuff. Same old, same old. Oh yeah, well what happened? Oh no, same old stuff. You know, oh well how's you know, did did the boss you know, and they just give you one one line message you know, no communication, nothing to really open up and share. And that's what women want. We want we want to share the person's life and all their moments that are important to them, not just share the bed. Mm-hmm. You're so right. That is such a good point because, and you know what? I don't think that a lot of couples ever stop and really think about this. And I think sometimes they get caught up in the, you know, like you said, uh, the hustle and the bustle of everyday life. And then they get to a point sometimes where either they're crashing or burning or the relationship is crashing and burning. And they wonder what happened and where did I go wrong? And I think like you noted, if they stop to realize all of these little intricate little details and points that you made, things will go better for them, you know, in the relationship. Yeah, I think we really get lost in the whole thing of, okay, um, I got... I got him, I got her, and so you know everything's good you know i don't I don't have to try any you know to impress her anymore, and it's not about that. I mean, uh, some women decide that after they have a child that they're supposed to be a good mother, so they stop 
really engaging in sex with their husbands, and they might have sex every, you know, once a, you know, every other month or something like that. And the husband is like, you know, you can you can extend the life of your partner, your male partner, by the amount of sex he has. You can add ten years to his life. But if you, you know, if he's sex starved, you know, he's physical. He's gonna, he wants to be pleased. He's probably gonna go out there and find it somewhere else. So, I mean, but why do we not want to have sex? I mean, you know, I understand, like, when you were young and you were all over them and you were doing all kind of freaky stuff in the bedroom and having a good time and enjoying yourself. There's nothing wrong with that after you get in a relationship and you get married. You, You know, we have this idea that we don't want our partners to think we're slutty or Jezebel, we've been out out there, we're a big freak. Or oh, it's, it's not about that. They would love it if you initiate sex. They would love it if you tell them, you know, how you want them to make love to you and not just lay there like you have all the goods and he's just playing a pinball machine. You know? Exactly. <laughs> that is so true. I remember in the movie The Color Purple, there was a scene when uh, – the character Mister was was actually was just having sex with Celie. That's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And I remember she laid there. And you, we talked about this the other day, and you noted how um, she said she felt like he was just you know doing his business, oh. and there was no pleasure. There was nothing. She was just like, I'm just here for him to get yeah. his satisfaction, and boom, that's it. And he moves on. But what I mean, think about that. You know, are, are we toilets? Are we supposed to just lay there and let him make a deposit or be a sperm repository? Is that what it is? Or are you supposed to be engaged with the lovemaking act and Mm -hmm. and letting him know, well, no, I want to try this or let's do this or no, that doesn't feel good, you know? Say what's on your mind. Don't just lay there and let him use you as a toilet. Exactly. Do you think that most, and let me just because I've had several conversations with black women, um, you know, about sexuality, sex, intimacy, love, and, you know, the whole nine yards. And for some reason, it seems like some I've noticed, let's say mid-50s and up, were more or less uptight. And I don't even know if I'm using the correct word. But to me, they appeared to be uptight, or they felt like, hey, I'm over 50. I'm in the frumpy sweatpants, the frumpy top, and I can look like this. And my point was, and we've had like many dialogues, conversations that would actually get heated. And my response would be, no, you know, 50 today is like the new 20. So, or 30. So, you don't have to, you know, you reach an age, you've been married X amount of years, or you've involved, been involved X amount of years, even if it's new. I don't buy into that when you're over 50. So throw in the frumpy sweatpants, look a mess. You don't have to continue um, to make yourself look good, be sexy, be attractive. Why am I, why is it that with the conversations that I had mainly with the black women, are we seeing this? I mean, what is it? Is it now remember, the bulk of them were raised in, in, the, in the southern states also. But is it upbringing? Is it? Is it something that you've seen with couples who are not, with women who are not black, or is it just, is this something that can apply to everybody generally? 
I think it, it, it's across the board. Uh, you know, of course, a woman's body changes, and she she wants to conceal maybe the you know the excess that she has taken on over the years. Um, and and she she does want comfort. I mean, after running around, you know, we we get to realize that okay, these high heels are cute, but they hurt my feet, and so we do want comfort. But there's a way to be stylish and att- look attractive without, you know, I mean, okay, so if you're if you're in a relationship, give him some eye candy. You know, sh- give her some eye candy. Don't always be walking around in sweats and um, or yoga pants that, you know, uh, that show too much. A lot of times, you know, I know that, that guy got in trouble for t- saying that women show, you know, everybody can wear yoga pants, and I yeah, can't agree a lot of us wear these yoga pants, and they are just too revealing. They show every curve of your body, and then these guys are looking, and they're like, ooh. So we're giving off the wrong impression. So I'm saying we have to have to understand that when you are out there presenting yourself to the world, and how you show up is really significant in how people are going to interact with you. Yes, people are very, very critical of each other, and that first impression or that impression that you make is lasting. So if you're if you're single and you're trying to date and you're not taking care of yourself, why would somebody want to you know want to be? I mean, what energy are you putting out there? If you if you don't feel good about yourself, if you don't love yourself, you don't appreciate yourself, and you're putting that out there, you think someone would be attracted to that? No, they want to see somebody living their lives. They're full of life, they're happy, and they care about how they look, and and they're just living and not just existing. So I always say, you know, why why, why would you want to just, just exist? You know, it's just like drive in, pick up some, you know, fast food, and go to the house and kick back with scandal. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, come on. There's more life than that. That's right. I'm going to say you just keep it exciting, um, Keep the fireworks. The fireworks can keep going. I remember years ago I dated a guy, and and um, I think he was the most romantic person I ever met. And um, and he was much older. And the one thing I remember he used to always say, "You have to keep putting wood on the fire to keep the fire burning." Yes. Yes. And I think that sometimes couples forget that. I think they forget that. You know, it takes work. Um, it is a big difference in a frumpy sweatpants and a you know, cute little dress or just a cute little outfit. And I also think they forget about keeping that, keeping the fire, but, you know, keeping, continuing to put wood on the fire to keep it burning when it comes to the communication, like you said, the intimacies. Um, there's so many areas. And I think sometimes, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's what leads to the burnout sometimes or whether, well, not, let me not say burnout. I would say the relationship starting to fizzle a little because, they forget or I don't have time to keep putting wood on the fire. Is that like an accurate statement or no? Well, you know what? It, where there's a will, there's a way. I always say that, you know, first of all, you know, your bedroom needs to invite romance and intimacy. You can't have a desk in there that's all cluttered with paper reminding you that you didn't get some work done or the laundry mm-hmm. basket overflowing over in the corner and you see that or some exercise equipment that's, you know, got clothes hanging all on it and so you haven't worked out, you know, since you bought it. And, you know, then you get depressed <laughs> about how much money you spent on that equipment and you haven't used it. You know, you can't have all of that stuff 
stuff in your space and think it's going to invite intimacy. You know, you know, and see make your your bedroom a space where you can you both can go in there and you can enjoy you can exhale and you can relax and you can indulge in, in each other without, you know, being reminded of anything else. And and if you have kids, swap out with another couple that you know have kids and then that way you can have a date night and then you take their kids on their date night. So there's there's a will if there's a will there's a way. And I always say date night is mandatory. You should always have a date night where you both, you trade off. Who's going to plan the date night? What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? And it doesn't have to be spending a whole bunch of money. It could be just going somewhere and just having a cup of coffee and sitting and talking. Go to the park and walk. It's just something where you're spending quality time together. That's so excellent. That is, I think that would make a difference for a lot of couples. So let me ask you this. What happens when women experience, like, psychological, emotional, and physical burnout in relationships? You know, how can they revive that relationship and get it back to where um, where they want it to be or they need it to be? Well, I have a program called Return to Romance, Romance, and it's filled with ideas about how to revive, relax, and reconnect with your lover. Um, first, I have to say that we need to stop trying to be superwoman. Learn to delegate some responsibility to our partners. You know, if you both work and you both come home, and, and who's responsible for what? Trade off who's going to get dinner, you know, who's going to get the kids bathed and put to bed, who's going to do homework, who's going to, um, you know, clean the kitchen, who's going to wash dishes. You know, start learning how to delegate and stop trying to be superwoman. That's right. Okay? You know, if, if, he, if he lives in a house, she lives in a house, then, you know, that household is, is a, is you, you're collaborating on creating a life together. And in a collaboration, no one loses. Each of you get enough of what you want to make the relationship work so you're happy. You know, you're not compromising. I think a compromise means that someone loses. A collaboration is you're trying to blend all of your stuff with all of their stuff, and then you're making a life together. And and but you make you gotta bring that harmony in there. <laughs> That's true. Have that harmony. So, what happens then when we have women who have only just experienced just straight sex with their partner, no intimacy, and now she's at a point where she needs and desires that intimacy in the relationship, how can she now bring it in without causing any friction or static with, with you know, me? Well, you know what? A lot of times we try to read a, a guy's mind. I would just say, you know what? I I just want to snuggle with you. I just want to, I want you to hold me. I mean, I think we've uh, we've been enjoying each other for a while now. I think we we need to take this another step. And then tell them what you, tell him, just say it, like Nike, just do it. Just say what you need and what you want. And see how he reacts to that. If he just wants a friend with benefits, then you'll know that and you can move on with that if that's what you decide to do. Um, but you have to, you know, they can't read your mind. They can't read your mind. You have to tell them what you want. And one of the things I understand with a lot of women, they don't know how to communicate their needs and desires because they, you know, they feel that if I say this, he's going to think, oh, well, where, you, where did you learn that and, and all this kind of stuff. That's you know, true. Like, don't, don't read anything into it. Just 
say, you know what, you have been, you know, blowing my mind. I mean, I love making love to you. Let's knock, you know, kick it up a notch. Let's let's bring the intimacy into this and and really be, you know, have a connection that we know each we have each other and we are, you know, we have more than just you know, a sex relationship. We, you know, I want more with you, and see how he reacts or she reacts. Why do? Why does it get to the point where, or why are women sometimes fearing that the their partner would think the wrong thing, like, oh, you're, you know, you're slutty, Jezebel? Why do they? Why is that ingrained in, in women to, you know, automatically think, oh, if I tell them what I really need or the position I want them to be in or what I need from it in this relationship? know, either sexually, with with regard to the intimacy, emotionally, why do we women feel that, oh, he's going to think A, B, C, or D about me? Well, because we've been programmed to be good girls, you know, even, mm-hmm. even in this day and age, women still are wary about saying or talking about their sexuality. Um, they are judged, you know, as whores and tramps and sluts and gold diggers and all this kind of stuff and you know it's just a woman's sexuality is no different from a man's but a man has been programmed that oh it's normal he can you know he used to go out and sow his wild oats you know check out many women and you know and have some fun before you settle down kind of thing and um and if a woman does that then you know people want to judge them so I think we have this idea that we shouldn't um, be seen as a sexually, uh, ex- you know, adventurous. I'll say right. because you know we people tend to judge us harshly. Do most men appreciate the woman, the type of woman who is sexually adventurous, or you know, brings that intimacy into it? But at the same time, exploring their sexuality with him, do they appreciate or enjoy that more? Well, I think it, you know it's according to the man. I mean, each individual mm-hmm. is different, but and and it's according to who who is <laughs> sharing that with him. But yeah, I think a man loves a confident woman and a woman who can say what she wants. And I mean, that's very exciting. You know, when you bring the sensual, all the um, your senses into the relationship, so you can you can tell him how you feel. You can show him how you feel. You can. You know, touch him. You know, sh- you know how show him by touching. Um, you can, you know, taste his kisses, or you can show him through taste how you want to be, you know, um, enjoyed. So, you know, when you bring all of your senses into the relationship, this all all it does is enhances and enriches the experience. But a lot of women think that, you know, it's just um, okay, missionary position. He's going to get on top. He's going to do his thing, and and um, hopefully, you know, maybe he'll go down on me and he'll get me off or whatever. And that's kind of it. It's the same routine vanilla sex. And a man really, they want you to initiate. They want you to say, you know what, I really, you know, I would like this to, you know, have some fun tonight, you know. But you can draw a bath. You don't have to be so blatant to, to you know, feel uncomfortable saying that. It's like, you know, draw a bath and, and invite him in there. Bring a couple of glasses of wine. Have the candles lit, and just sit in the tub together, and and or take a shower together, or you know, just do something where you can just sit and enjoy each other, or you know, just maybe not sitting. You can just you know have some. 
without, you know, feeling like, oh, if I do this, he's going to think, you know, something else. You know, he's going to be like going, oh, yeah, really? What What? What are you saying, girl? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So how can, how can, how does actually when the intimacy in a relationship is like, say, really slamming, it's perfect. How does that actually enhance someone? Someone's psychological, the emotional, their physical, and even their social well-being. How does that really keep them going? Well, I, because I think intimacy is really what we want. Like I said, you know, when we were, you know, before we learned all of the things that uh, in influence what I call our love perspective, and that's our views on love, sex, romance, the opposite sex. You know, what What are those things? Okay, we have religion, we have life experience, we have society, we have the media, we have uh, gender, we have ethnicity, we have culture, we have traditions, we have all of this stuff that um, influences how we we believe we should behave in these different situations. Okay, but what's your truth? You need to find out what's true for you. What's, what was true for your parents may not be true for you. What was true back in the day is no longer true in, in today's society. So you have to find out what's true for you and what works for you. So I, I think intimacy really will roll over. And we've all experienced right? You know, you go in hot and heavy, and it's like, oh, it's just a physical, you know, just sex, raw sex. And then you roll over and you go, oh, why did I do that? I don't want to see this guy or girl again. And you you got to flee, you know, and you don't want to call them. And, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, why did I do that? Okay? So we all have those moments, but you don't have to feel like that's the end of end of the world, we can take those experiences and say, okay, this is what I wanted. I wanted the sex, but I also want to roll over and not feel like I have to run or that I don't want to see this person again. I can have this amazing sex with someone that I have a connection with. You know, someone that after the sex, you just kind of roll over and you start laughing. It's like, oh my God, that was so awesome. And, And, you know, and just snuggle up and you you know, and he brings you another glass of wine and you just lay there in bed like um Jill Scott, you know, just sex funky, you know, and you just right. have a good time, you know. And you don't have to worry about being judged at all because they they appreciate you and they love you and they care about you and they have that intimate, deep connection with you. And that's what people want. They're tired of the you know, the I, well, I, I'm going to say, I think, with my clients that I have worked with and a lot of the emails that I get, people are kind of tired of this, this whole um, sexually free uh, society, but no one is really feeling like they have any kind of connection. We're all on our devices, and we're swiping mm-hmm. left or right, but we're not making any intimate, human, intimate connections. That is so true. That is very true. That's excellent, excellent points, Dr. Kent. So let's ex- let me ask you this. How does role-playing and having fun and playing and acting out fantasies enhance relationships? That is, that is a great way to keep the fires burning, you know, keep putting more wood on the, on the fire. Because um, it, 
it kind of brings you back to when you first met, so you can act out like, okay, I'm going to show up at this, as, uh, I always say use a hotel bar, and um, let them pick you up, and then you go up to a room and you have some fun. Um also, you can do something I call this a pleasure hunt. You can you know, have them meet you at a certain place, and then you slip out, leaving a note for them to meet you at another place, and y'all go and have some fun. You know, so you, there's so many things that you can do together to really, you know, enhance your lovemaking. So acting out your fantasies, blindfold each other, and um, make love to them as their, you know, fantasy celebrity. Or, you know, just all these different ways you can just have fun. That's an excellent point. So I watched um, a couple of nights ago, I watched a movie, Collateral Beauty, with Will Smith. And at the end, of, when I, I think it was in the middle of the movie somewhere. Um, their relationship were going bad. They were divorced. And they were trying, I guess, rekindle, reconnect in a sense. But what I found to be so uh, interesting was that the wife, ex-wife, saved the little note that he had given her on the day their divorce was finalized. And on it, it said, if only we could be strangers again. Yes. And I would like to start over. And so my question is, at when people involved in relationships and they've just gone so sour, so bad, they're just not going anywhere and it's like probably ready to say goodbye. If they try to start over as strangers again, could that actually work or would that be something that's too far-fetched? Well, I mean, it's, it's a, again, according to the two individuals and how far, uh, you know, gone it, the situation is. But you know that song, the uh, it's the Pina Colada song, as everybody calls it. It's called Escape. You know, if you like Pina Coladas. And so oh, yes. he, this guy is talking about all of these things that he wants, you know, get Pina Colada's getting caught in the rain. If you're not into health food, if you have half a brain, um, if you like making love at midnight in the dunes of the cave, you know, he just he's just going through all this stuff. You know, you're the lady that I've longed for. Come to me and, and escape, right? So, what happens in the song is that the the woman he's actually with answers that ad. So, or he reads the ad and, and she he responds, and so they anyway they. You know, find out that we've been together all this time and I never knew these things about you. And when I was on the air with ABC, I would, you know, I would talk to people and I'm going, you know, people do not really get all the information about someone. They they just roll over and say, okay, what's your, what was your name again? You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're right. <laughs> too quick to jump in to bed with someone without even knowing, you know, what's your favorite color, what's your last name, um, what's your folks like, and what did you learn about love? And these are some of the questions that I, I have in my, my game, Intimate Foreplay. It's like it's, it gets a dialogue started so you can learn about your lover on a deeper level. And, you know, the name of the game, if guys think they're going to have sex at the end of the game, they are playing, okay? So, but the woman gets the woman gets have that deeper communication and you get to have fun and you can extend the game by you know that will uh, spark you know you just ask another question or get into something else and and it's just a really fun way to to really learn about each other on a deeper level that's that's interesting it sounds like that game would be so much fun um for them to play and even could be a way of helping them rekindle and get things back going on track again 
Yeah, I, I mean, my husband and I, we would take the deck of cards with us, and while we're driving, doing road trips and stuff, and I'll be asking him all these questions. Now, there's humor, intellect, romance, sex, and erotic cards, okay? So the first three are are not interactive, but the, other, the, the sexual and erotic cards are act, interactive. So, I mean, it will be dangerous for you to try out some of those things in the car, but you know, you can ask questions and get dialogue started, and it just it, it's a fun way to really learn about each other. And you know, it's there's been moments where he has shared things with me that I didn't even know, and we've been together 18 years, so it's, wow. it's just a fun way to to get some dialogue started. That's, I think that's excellent. I think I love the idea of that game. I'm gonna. Um, definitely get that because I think it's good even if you have like couples over for a couple's night sit down play a game you know talk and I remember talking to one of my friends a couple of weeks ago and she was complaining and she was saying oh when we go out we go to the bars we go to clubs and we drink and I'm saying but you're complaining you're going out how about spending a night at home and just trying to get intimate with each other, play a game together, just sit and talk, watch a movie, or invite other couples over, and maybe play games, board games, something. But there's more to, like you said, this this age where everyone is so caught up in there, like the cell phone texting, or they don't take the time to learn or understand their significant other and their needs, wants, and desires. So do you think that role-playing, and like you said, the game, um, are those ways to keep, you know, keep the intimacy, you know, going and enhance it? Yeah, because like you said, you know, we, we tend to lose focus when life happens. I mean, you got the kids, mm-hmm. you got the job responsibilities, you, you know, you're constantly engaged with your devices, um, you know, you got all the household responsibilities, so you have a lot of stuff on your plate, but... Um, this this allows you to get away from all of that and just focus on your mate. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see the movie when Harry met Sally? Yes. <laughs> Remember the scene when they made love for the first time, and they're both laying there like, "What the heck just happened?" Yes. Um, yes. And I, I, you know, you just reminded me of that when you were talking earlier, because throughout that whole movie, they developed an intimacy on so many different levels. And the only thing I think that they were lacking was, like, the sexual intimacy in the, in the end. But I guess, you know, they got that together. But all the points that you that you brought up, um, that you've talked about, even the ABCs of intimacy, um, that couple, you know, those characters had those, that intimacy thing going on. They definitely had the cognitive, the emotional. They had all of it there. And, you know, in the end, I guess they pulled it together with the sexuality part. But... Um, the book ABCs of Intimacy is an excellent book. First, let me say this, and I would recommend it to to our listeners. Um, highly recommend it. So, what I want to do now is tell us about um, why you wrote the ABCs of Intimacy. Well, I, again, I would I really felt that people need to be re- re-educated on the difference between it. And that's basically why I wrote it. And it's a short read. It's, it's not a thick book. And I was thinking, okay, couples can take this book, and then each day they can read what the term is, you know, for that alphabet. Because it's from A to Z with what intimacy is. They have all these terms. And so you can really discuss, okay, what does that mean to you? How do you feel about that? What You know, define that for me. 
you know, so you can understand each other. I just don't think couples communicate well enough to really have all their needs met and to be happy in a relationship. A lot of times we, we just exist together. What about the, um, so when you wrote that book, when you wrote ABCs of Intimacy, um, what, is, what was the reaction from people? What were they saying? How were they feeling about the book? Well, I, I was using it as a tool with my couples, and they were thinking that, oh, man, this is, this is great information. I never thought about it this way. So guys were able to understand where the woman was coming from, and the women were able to understand why a guy didn't understand them. So it, it, it really was able to give some insight on each other. That's interesting. What about your programs and the, and the School of Intimate Knowledge? Tell us about that. Well, I, I wanted to have a, a platform where people can go and if they can't come to my workshops or my speaking engagements, they can at least learn uh, at their own leisure uh, from things that I teach. So the School of Intimate Knowledge is a platform for people to take courses and learn uh, at their own pace. That's interesting. That that sounds really um, something to be beneficial to couples. And like you said, if they don't have the time to go or can't make it to, you know, workshops or speaking engagements, it would help them. So when let's talk about the retreats. How well? How do the retreats work well with couples? Or does it make a big difference for them? Do they enjoy them? Um, each, you know, couples are different. I mean, if I was to ask my husband to go to a retreat, he'd look at me like I had lost my mind. But <laughs> he just—he does not want to share any of his personal stuff. He's Scorpio. He's not going to share that with with the world. But he. Okay. Uh, but I think they are beneficial to couples who are seeking to really understand each other and salvage their relationship and rekindle and reconnect and um, just to, to, to grieve. Maybe they've gone through something and now they just need to come back together again. So retreats are really good. They really do give insight and they inspire and they motivate. So they're really good. See, that sounds interesting. So tell us about your other, you have other books that are written on the intimacy line. Well, I've, um, I mean, you mentioned the 69 tips uh, to enrich intimacy, but mostly right. the school is where, um, where I really focus my, for my products because the, shop, the school, it has, uh, let me see, I'm trying to uh, remember. Okay, so one of the programs is called the Positive Power of P. And P stands for pleasure. Let me just put that out there because we'll think okay. something else. <laughs> and um, right now, uh, there's a limited time offer to get 50% off of that program. It's 279 so that program. And it helps women understand how to um, get all the pleasure they desire in all of life, not just in the bedroom, not just with sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a creating a love vision board program because uh, for my metaphysical and spiritual clients, they want to uh, revive their uh, relationship by saying, okay, this, these are the things that I want my relationship to be, to experience. I want, I want it to resemble, to mirror certain things. And so they, they do a vision board and, and try to manifest what they want. And I mentioned the return to romance, and that's um, mm-hmm. to help couples to rekindle their romance. Um, 
for women who are unsure about their sexuality, I have Intimately Feminine, Embracing Female Sexuality. So it it talks about all aspects of um, the woman's body and uh, different types of sex and how to really just enjoy and feel comfortable in your sexuality. And finally, I have Balancing Love in Life, and that's for the independent woman, how to have it all. Wow, excellent. It sounds like you have an awesome and exciting career. I do. I enjoy yeah. what I do. I really do. And, and I, I just launched uh, my Dr. Cat TV, you know, where I do videos and anything that I post or uh, I've recently been working with a, a, a contributor at BET.com, and so I contribute to them or to her, and she writes the articles. So, I mean, I've, you know, anything that where I've been on the media or, uh, you know, the articles have been released or whatever, I have all of that on my uh, Dr. Cat TV with all my videos okay. and, and stuff. Now, how can people um, tune into Dr. Cat TV? They can go to drcatsmith.com, that's D-R-K-A-T-S-M-I-T-H dot com, and they can navigate to all of my, you know, platforms. You can go to Dr. Cat TV, you can go to all of my social media, and uh, connect with me. I also have a live chat on my on my site, so when, uh, when I'm not online, if I'm in session and I'm not online, you can also leave a message through the chat line, and uh, then I can respond from there. Wow, excellent. I just want to say this for our listeners that um, all of Dr. Cat's books are on, actually listed on our website. Um, they're e-books, excellent, interesting reads, so I highly recommend them, especially the ABCs of Intimacy. Um, I think that's the starter, and if you order it, read it, it will change everything. Or your whole, let's say, your perception, your viewpoints, your opinions, um, of what that intimacy actually is. So it, I just, Dr. Kelly, I'm in love with this ABCs of intimacy. I have it hanging here in my um, board in my room. I'm like, wow. And, you know, I'm doing, taking my little highlight and highlighting things. And it's amazing because I'm saying, wow, I didn't even know this. I didn't realize A, B, C, or D. I didn't see, and, you know, focusing on this area. And I think the book, I think ABCs of Intimacy is really valuable because, again, not to sound like a broken record, there's so many couples who just don't realize that what intimacy is, how they can experience it, how it can enhance their relationships and take them to a different level. And I think that's crucial, um, you know, if they want to grow and, you know, like I always keep saying, keep that wood on that fire, keep it burning. But I want to say yeah. thank you so much for your time, Dr. Kat. Is there anything you'd like to add to all of our listeners? Well, no, I just I encourage them to really explore their own desires and, and feel comfortable talking about what you need in your relationships. You know, communicate your needs and allow people to, to be able to give you what you need and what you want in a relationship and not just, you know, exist together. Exactly. Excellent points. Okay, Dr. Kat, I want to thank you so much for being a guest tonight. And once again, our listeners are um, interested in your books, your programs. How can they contact you? Yeah, they can call, they can contact me at drcatsmith.com. They can do the chat line. They can go on my social media and contact me through there. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very accessible. Or they can call my office and, uh, you know, schedule a session. Um, 
So, yeah, I'm very accessible. You can find all of my date, uh, information on my site, drcatsmith.com. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Dr. Cat, hold the line. Um, listeners, this is, I'm going to wrap up our show. I want to thank you for tuning in today and what we will be doing um, next week. Our show on the, let's see, the 21st is titled Black is Beautiful, Defining Yourself for Yourself Authentically and Apologetically. So we'd like to tune in. That's on the 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we have some very interesting and phenomenal guests who will be discussing um, the, all of the topics, the whole kit and caboodle. Also, I wanted to remind you of the call for submissions um, for the National Girls and Women of Color Council's anthology, Our Voices, Our Stories, Advancing, Celebrating, Embracing, and Empowering Girls and Women of Color. The call for submissions is going to actually close on May 31st. We extended it because we are deeply interested in receiving submissions from young women. You know, our girls, whether it's an essay, poem, short story, excerpt, it's important that they write. It's important that, their voice, that you have their, make their voices heard, even in written form. Um, you can stick and share stories, um, aspirations, goals, vary, any, all topics are open. So if you're interested in submitting, um, remember to Go to our website at ngwcc.org. Click the link for the anthology. You can also follow us with the WordPress blog, Twitter, um, at ngwcc. So, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a wonderful show. Dr. Kat Smith, once again, thank you for your excellent insight, um, wonderful information, and a great discussion. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, listeners, um, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Have a good week. Thank you for joining us for Visibility with your host, Dr. Donna Maria Culpert. You may contact us at 866-829-0163. We're looking forward to you tuning in next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next week, remember to define yourself for yourself. Dare to be different and dream in color. This is Dr. Culpitz signing off for Visibility. Good night.